0: all right today we'll be in first thessalonians chapter 2 and this is first uh, thessalonians class number 5 first thessalonians class number 5 and again chapter 2 and verse number 13 we'll pick up right where we left off last class 13 for this cause also thank we god without ceasing because when you receive the word of god which you heard of us Ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. Now, this is a, a very powerful couple of verses of Scripture because it shows you the weight of preaching. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God which you heard of us. Now this is the word, this is First Thessalonians, the, the chapter that you're reading is the first written word of God that they had received from Paul as far as the Pauline epistles go. Uh, this is the first one that they had received. This is the first uh, direct writing of the scripture that they had received. And so this, word of god that they received that he's talking about in verse 13 has to be the preaching that paul and his and his uh, partners did when they first came to thessalonica and preached so he's saying that when they heard this preaching of the word of god they received it as it was in truth the word of god so preaching true preaching i should say i should actually emphasize that true preaching is the word of god if you're preaching from the bible preaching truth now i'm not talking about theories i'm not talking about any kind of wild ideas suppositions uh, i'm not talking about that at all i'm talking about when you read a clear passage of scripture and you preach that passage of scripture you make sense out of that scripture when you preach the word of god that god has given you to preach to your brother your sister in christ you are you are preaching the word of god it's it's the word of god itself the explanation of god's word is still the word of god if i explain to you that jesus died for men that he might save them from hell that he might justify them that he might forgive them of their sins that is the word of god i just said the word of god even though i i uh, quoted no direct verse of scripture i said jesus died on the cross for your sins he was buried he rose again the third day in order to save you from your sins there is no verse of scripture that says exactly those words but those were lifted off the page into my mind. I understand those. Now I'm trying to make you understand them. The preaching, the incident of preaching those true, clear, plain things are in fact, the word of God. That is what this verse of scripture is saying. Now think of it this way for this cause. Also think we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you re- you you heard of us you heard it coming out of our mouths he said you received it not as the word of men but as it is in truth it is in truth the word of god so if the word of god preached before the canon was assembled was the word of god then are we to suppose that the preaching of the word of god after the canon was assembled cease to be the word of God now I'm not in any way shape or form saying that God is going to preserve the words that I say in it in explaining the scripture and call those inspired inerrant because many preachers while they're preaching the true word of God make errors there's no question about that and I'm not equating the The power, the preservation, the inspiration of the Word of God with the preached Word of a man. However, I am saying that the lifting of the Word of God off the page and the transmission of that to the ears of the hearers is the Word of God. The death, burial, and resurrection being preached is the Word of God. The justification of the believer being preached and explained to a man that is the word of God you are preaching the word it's being lifted off the page just as it was lifted from the heart of God and put in these apostles and certainly they had Old Testament scriptures they they dealt with Old Testament scriptures but what I'm saying is that those things would come from God to the heart and mind of these apostles and they preached and that was the word of god and the the lifting of these things off of the page the things that have been transmitted from the page to my heart and from my heart to your heart or any preacher's heart to your heart is the word of god and this didn't cease to be true once the canon was collected again uh, before anybody loses their mind i'm not saying that from every word comma thought concept that comes out of a preacher's mouth is infallible inspired word of god that can be copied down and preserved you know for 50 generations from now they'll be saying open your bible to the first book of mike easter chapter number three verse number five and let us read from god's holy word i'm not equating it that way i'm just trying to point out to you that the preaching of truth that comes from God himself in the, the apostles case or the word of God in our case. These things are, these things are the preaching of God's word. When I, heard, when I heard my preacher preach, he was saying that God was going to judge me for the things that I have done, for the things that I have thought, and that God sent his son to be a propitiation for me and to be a payment for my sin and that god would save me i was not only hearing the word of god that he was reading but i was hearing the word of god that he was preaching and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god i was able to be born again regenerated by the seed that's contained in that word in the preaching of god's word and that's why the bible says god chose the foolishness of preaching and that's why the the bible says that how shall they hear without a preacher that's romans chapter number uh, 10. so these things are very important to understand that that preachers preaching are not infallible but preachers are preaching the word of god and the truth that is coming off the page and into their hearts and through their mouth to our ears is very important so that we don't dismiss preachers just because they're infallibility you go back and read romans chapter 3 verse 1 through 8 and you'll see that god uses sinful fallible men to relay to other men the perfection of god's word so that god would be justified in judging them according to justice god could judge us in any way shape or form that he wanted to do because he has ownership of us but god cho- god chose to judge us not as tyrants not as a tyrant god chose to judge us not as a tyrant in his own capacity but he chose to judge us according to justice and that he gave us a perfect law he used infallible men as the oracles of God the mouthpiece of God to give us his word and he'll judge us out of that so in that same way in that same mentality God uses fallible preachers not many wise not many noble god uses first corinthians chapter one to preach a holy and a noble and a wise word of god that contains the truth of god and in that sense the preaching is the word of god and it should be held in very high regard much higher than a music ministry much higher than any other type of uh, ministry which might provide for the needs of men the physical needs of men all these things can be well and good, but the preaching of the Word of God is the primary ministry of the Word of God. And so he says in verse number of 13 again, he says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the Word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth the Word of God, which effectually has effect. It effectually worketh also in you that believe. Reading the Bible has great effect. And preaching the word is also a very effectual means of hearing from God. Verse 14. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. We preached in our own place. And there was a certain consequence, a certain result. We preached in your place and you heard the same gospel. You believed just like they had in the past and you met the same consequences of having believed. You were saved, yes, but you also met the same resistance from the world that those that went before you met. And so he said it's it's a literal and a visible uh, factor that you can Hear preaching, you can believe preaching and have the same result, positive and negative, that everyone who has gone on before you has had. And so that's very easy to relate to generations past. It'll be real easy for you to relate to generations that are coming after you because you know that the Word of God has the same effect. Uh, both from the written word and from the preached word in the hearts and minds of the hearers. All right, uh, another large concept. So we'll try to move on through that. And again, if you need to go back and read it and go back and listen to the uh, teaching again, then uh, certainly you should do that. But it's a very uh, it's a very great concept that we should have in our hearts and minds. It's a very strong concept. Uh, principle that we should carry with us that the word of god the preached word of god the written word of god primarily and the preached word of god also as very effectual means of directing our lives And we can tell that our lives are being directed uh, correctly because we're having the same results as those that have gone on before us. And that's what he means when he says, For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God uh, and are contrary to all men. He said these contrary men, Persecuted the believers you believed and you were saved and you rejoice but you also you also met controversy from these jews and they these jews killed prophets and they did all these terrible things now you've believed and you rejoice and now you're saved and now you're forgiven but you're also going to receive the same consequences uh, opposition from from others just as these that went on before you so he says that these Jews to those at Jerusalem, he said they killed the prophets or they killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they please not God and are contrary to all men. If you find somebody that's just contrary to everything, then that person has a problem. He, he's, li- he's at least living uh, like somebody who is against God, just contrary to all men. And you can find saved people that are very contrary, but he ought not to be. That ought to be a warning to you. Contrariness—you uh, can be skeptical, and you can have very rigid stand for the truth. You can do that, but you ought not to be contrary to everybody and everything. That's a bad sign that something's wrong in your heart, even if you're saved but this contrariness he said uh, also results in forbidding us to speak to the gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their own uh, to fill up their sins always for the wrath is come upon them to the utmost somebody that's all ways contrary and against everything that's trying to be done for the lord there is a very Strong spiritual problem there. Let, now let me read this again. For ye brethren became followers of the churches of God which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. And now he gives you a description of what the Jews done. He said, Who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men. He says that in the next verse, he says, they forbade us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. Their uh, contrary people are against other people getting saved. They're saved or, or they consider themselves to be saved. They consider themselves to be right with God, but they don't want this group or that group to get saved. And so it can be a very dangerous situation. Come from the, it's a wrong spirit and it comes from the wrong source. And we ought to be very wise in dealing with things like that. You might find out that you're on the opposition rather than on the team, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sins always, uh, always for the wrath of, uh, for the wrath has come upon them to the utmost. But we, brethren, being taken from you uh, f- for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. You heard us preach you you assumed that that was the word of god you believed it you uh, put your faith in it you got opposition you were persecuted for what you believed and he said we had to leave you for for a minute he said but that was only in presence we left you bodily but our hearts were with you and the separation between you and us because we knew we still had things to show you we still had things to teach you he said we endeavored we worked real hard we we worked abundantly to see your face with great desire and he said wherefore we would have come unto you even i paul once and again i would have come back to you myself he said but satan got in the way satan hindered the work of us getting back to you and this should remind us in our own churches in our own neighborhoods in our own workplaces we ought to have a real desire to win the lost and we ought to have a real desire to establish the brethren but the devil's going to be fighting against us and when things are contrary when things are against us when things are slowing us down we ought not to forget that this is not just the course of the world but there is one who sets the course of the world, Ephesians chapter 2, that's doing their best to keep us from saying what ought to be said to a congregation, to an individual. It makes no difference. The devil, Satan, hindered us, he says. So we ought not ever forget, Ephesians chapter 6, that we are in a very spiritual battle. And before we finish this class, we may as well read uh, over in the book of Timothy Chapter number six, Second Timothy, chapter number six. Uh, pardon me, First Timothy, chapter number six, and he says, "So uh, he says, uh, let as uh, many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed." Now that uh, last portion there, that the name of God. And his doctrine be not blasphemed. The doctrines of God are so very important to be relayed to the people that the devil is going to fight against it, and sometimes he'll even use us to our own inconsistencies or our own affairs that we get into on a daily basis which is what we just covered over there sometimes if we handle things wrong the not only the name of god but the doctrines of god will be blasphemed that's what paul is talking about in first thessalonians chapter one he said we got to get back there and we got to we got to continue your discipleship we've got to uh, continue uh, in your establishment as believers Romans 1 11 he said but Satan is trying to hinder us first uh, Timothy chapter 4 says take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee once you're saved you're saved but there's still a lot of saving that's left to be done there's circumstances there there is there is situations trials. Temptations. There's all kinds of things that a man has to uh, has to avoid. He has to overcome. He has to get the victory over. And Paul says, "Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine." And so, no doubt, when Paul says, "We got a great desire to see your face," even myself, I've got a great desire to come see you myself, not just send somebody to you. But he said, "I had a great desire to come see you myself because you." You need this establishment, and the devil is trying to keep you from getting that establishment. Why Why would I have such a great desire to see you established? Well, he says it's not completely selfless. He says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? The people you win to Christ, the people you have the charge over as a preacher, as a pastor, as a witness— those that you come in contact with that you're able to lead to christ their development as a christian their establishment as a christian has part of your own joy it has a part in your own rejoicing in the presence of god at his coming in the presence of our lord jesus christ christ that is coming so the way you're able to influence those uh, that are saved even after they're saved, in regards to their establishment, their strength, their continuance, uh, their their doctrinal standing, their doctrinal beliefs, uh, the way you're able to have an influence on that even after they're saved is going to have an influence on the judgment seat of Christ and your eternal rewards or lack thereof verse number 24 ye are our glory and joy and even beyond the scope of just god uh, calling you into account for some things in relation to your ministry to those who believe even in this life not just in the life to come and the judgment to come but in this life those who are, you are able to influence by the word of God is going to be a great source of your own glory and joy. You win somebody to Christ, and they're constantly dropping out a month later, or two months later, or a year later uh, is a very big drain. It's a very big it's a very big downer, as they say. And, and we don't want to do that. Uh, we want to put all of our effort. Paul says in verse seventeen, he said. Uh, he endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire romans chapter 1 verse 11 said for i long to see you that i may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established has a this has a great a great deal of influence upon your own joy and glory in this life for ye are our glory and joy seeing the fruits of your labor not, not necessarily for your own benefit, but seeing the fruits of your labor uh, being sustained and continuing is a great source of your own glory and joy. It's not primarily selfish, but it certainly does have a great influence on uh, your, your perception of life, perception of the ministry, uh, perception of the... the validity of your ministry there's many people who don't see a lot of results and it's very easy for those folks that well maybe I'm not called well you're called whether you're seeing a lot of results or a little results. but you should always remember what God has done primarily you can remember and take into account some things that God has not done you might learn from that but always keep in mind the things that God has done because that will be a primary source of you, of your glory and of your joy. These things are very important because whether you're large or small, whether you're consistent or inconsistent, boy, you need to remember what God has done and that will help you to improve as the days go by. I would like to have Christian advantage in this life, not just in the life that's to come. And so there there is glory and joy for the Christian, but it's found in Christian service, not in just being saved yeah i got saved back in 1920 and i hadn't really done much since but i'm saved well you're not living a very a very joyful life in that case and so i would commend you to that all right we're about 25 minutes so we're going to cut this class right here we'll pick up next time in chapter number three